Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Let's get it on. Can we get along? Let the theme music play for a minute here. Yeah, the first time since the last time, like five weeks ago, that I did it. 
you know, you've been copying a lot. I mean, we were, yeah, we, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we don't even have to go through all that. I mean, like a YouTube video hijacker, the no, guy. It doesn't matter. But, yeah, but the funny no. thing is, I was drinking beer the whole time, and it made, it made me tired. That guy was probably doing prescription speed, staying up all night. Red well, was sharp, mixed, mixed with meth, yeah. Yeah, um, but the, the funny thing is, like, there was about a three-hour window where um, where I had fallen asleep and literally, like, still held, like, 150 people on the show, and they were just all watching me sleep and snore, and they were chatting away in the chat box. And oh, it's great struck- fun, man, because, I, you know, my schedule, I, I was at the time still sort of a, I'm a little harder now, but uh, graveyard. So I even told you, I said, man, I'll, I'll just hang out. I was up there. I actually stayed I usually get out of here about 6 in the morning. I think I stayed up to about 6 or 7 or something. It was funny because, yeah, there was about 150, and I knew a lot of them in there, and we were having great fun that night. Totally. I mean, that was a lot of fun. It's been great. You know, I mean, a lot of this Internet stuff is just all, you know, a huge community of people that we all know. Even though, you know, a lot of us, you know, haven't hung out in person, we've known each other for years, and uh, we follow each other's. Stuff and with stuff like Facebook, you know, we, we see the interactions from day to day. So, uh, you know, the Internet and the whole community has been really, really kind to me over the years. Well, I was going to mention that. Um, I think one of your, you know, I, I, I really pay attention to kind of what's going on, and I'm always, you know, we were just talking about Marshall Wayne before I got on. I said, man, I didn't even know who this dude was. Actually, I found him on your page. You know, that's why I booked the guy, because you, you actually had put him on your page, and I just went and I looked at PDF and I said, man, this guy has a shitload of engagement in his post. Whatever he puts up, he'll have 20, 30 responses. But the reason I bring that up is because, you know, they say life is a stage or whatever. And um, some people are real private. You put it all out there. And it's, and, and it's you know, I've been around long enough to know what you can fake and what you can't, and you just put the good, the bad, the ugly, and you have a, a, I think you use Facebook real effectively, even as a marketer, because it's not really a pitch fest, it's a, uh, it's pretty much this is what my life's about today, and it could be, the, you know, some bad shit or some good shit. Uh, I mean, what have you, I mean, how has Facebook kind of evolved? Because I think you do a hell of a good job with it. It's, well, it's, it's interesting to go over to your page. Nothing that I do on my Facebook page, if anybody wants to check it out, you know, it's facebook.com forward slash Jason Moffitt. Um, you got to spell my name right to get it. Yeah. But, um, uh, and sorry, you can't friend request me because I'm at like 5,400 friends. So I to believe like <laughs> yeah, 400 to try to. So you can subscribe and see all the stuff. I leave everything open and public and uh, you can comment everything. Um, but. I think nothing I do is contrived on there. I don't think about, like, oh, how is this going to be received? Or I mean, it's just the thought in the moment, and it just goes up. I don't really edit any of that stuff, and I'm not worried about uh, – I'm not really worried about my brand or my image or any of that stuff because my brand or image is just totally me, and that's what people appreciate, and, and it works really, really well. So, you know, 95% of my stuff is – adventurous, happy-go-lucky, informative stuff because 95% of my life is fucking amazing and it rocks. Right. And then, you know, maybe there's a small sliver of the pie, 5% or probably even less. You know, sometimes it's shitty. And yeah. um, and, I, and I don't hide that from people. I don't have a hard time. And, you know, certain things, too, it's like my life is, is so public at times that when, you know, like – Recently, I, I had a recent breakup, and so right. that's always an awkward. That. There's always an awkward position where you know that whole Facebook status relationship change, and you have all these mutual friends, and all of a sudden it's just gone. And it's like, do you address it? Do you not address it? Everyone knows us now. Everything's different. So, um, it's you know, there's pros and cons to, to being so open like that. Uh, for some people, for me, it just is what it is, and that's my life. And it's I like your online care. diary almost, uh, and you're not you're writing it for your, you know, like I said, just off off the top, off the cusp, and it doesn't have a spin on it. I almost didn't know if you wanted to do the show after the breakup. I mean, I know those suck. Um, had one myself. Yeah, no, dude, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm are you, as good as I've ever been, man. But I've had the greatest week of my life. So I mean, I'm, well. I'm, I'm, well, you did better than I did then on the, on that because those can be those can be tough. I mean, if you're if you're engaged to somebody, I mean, how do you over? I mean, 
I mean, let's talk about that for a second. I, I, if you're to the point where you actually engage with somebody and then it's done, how do you switch the? How do you put, pull the switch and, and turn around and have a great week like that? Because I would say, venture to say, most of us would probably be pouring a scotch on the rocks or something. Um, I mean, and taking yeah, it you know, a I'm different just, way. How do you do I'm not that? Lie. I, I did that for a short time too, but I mean, I've mm-hmm. you know I've. This isn't my first rodeo, and I've uh, right. you know been through ups and downs in my life and stuff. And uh, you know, I, I hit the the whiskey for a few days, and then uh, realized that that's no fun for a while. And I'm an avid surfer and like to be outside and I like to laugh. And uh, to be honest, it was just you know just changing my scenery, get around people who uh, I love and support and that love me, and right. you know just getting in the water surfing and. Uh, um, you know, it's pretty easy to make the transition when you have amazing people all around you. Um, so I would say that that basically, um, you know, makes the best of it. And I know, too, you know, I don't want to get any specifics of it, too, but, you know, her life's awesome. She's going to be awesome, you know, uh, right. friends for her and all those things, too. So it's not like, you know, we both are optimistic people. Uh, everything in life happens for a reason. We're going to Absolutely. use that to fuel us to, uh, you know, go on to whatever the next thing we have in life and, and uh, move on. So well, good. I, I just wanted to cover it because it got a ton of. Uh, it got a, again. You know, you put something up there. It had and Jesus, fifty, sixty posts by the time I even got there and saw it. Um, I want to talk about. You know, they they say the greatest fear in life is public speaking. I think I've read that in a in, in a couple different places. But I have always said the hardest thing would have to go. It would have to be doing stand up comedy. And I wanted to. I know that's something you've done so many different things. I mean, I can sit here and just talk about the marketing, which we'll get into a little bit. But I want to give me what in the hell uh, prompted you to do that? Because I'm telling you that I, I actually be, was lucky enough when I lived on. I was working for a video company on La Brea down in Hollywood when I was like 18 before I went to the Clink, and. Um, it was it was an opportunity to have the comedy clubs, and I got to actually one night catch Richard Pryor, and, and there was like 40 people. They didn't even know he was coming. He was just working on some stuff. and But prior to that, I saw some people that came up there, and you knew it was like open mic night in their first time, and you could hear a pin drop, and I'm thinking, man. I mean, you felt you felt nervous for them almost. And um, how did you what, – what made you want to get into that? Because I know that you did it for a while. I don't know all the details of it, but uh, run that through because uh, that that's got to take some balls to do that, to yeah, stand man, up on stage and try to make people laugh. It's intense because what you just said is funny. The first time I was ever on stage is was on the original room in the comedy store in Hollywood, which mm-hmm. is where Richard Pryor is known for, like, you know, really digging in and testing out a lot of his material, and it's considered a boxing gym for comics to try it out. And you're right, on on open mic night, you know, everybody wants to aspire to to be like, you know, Richard or Carlin or whoever yeah. they look up to. And, and that's right at the spot. I mean, it's a tough room. And um, and you're right, it's, uh, open mic is not easy. It's easy to go to a room that's packed and everyone's drinking and having a good time, but the open mics are typically just other comedians waiting to get up to do their five minutes. And right. they're not exactly rooting you on. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you're the competition. So the reason I wanted to do it is because exactly what you said, uh, how difficult it is. If public speaking is the hardest thing, stand-up comedy is, like, seriously, it's five, ten times harder because you're looking for some sort of validation via a laugh about right. every 20 seconds. Yep. So if you're not on point and getting, you know, a funny joke out about every 20 seconds, uh, you not only get comfortable, you're right, the crowd starts getting uncomfortable, and you got a job to do, and if you're not getting people to laugh, man, it gets, it gets sketchy up there. So um, I always perform really well or do well when my back's against the corner. I like to create, like, moments where I get Scared because I'm pretty much ballsy and I'll do anything it seems like. So right. you, you tell me something like 
with the exception of skydiving. I, mean, no, no I was about to dive. say that. My town is like the skydiving capital of Florida, and it's yeah, funny. Well, they all come in and eat here, and I look out the window, and there's 50 of them out there, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm not jumping out of a perfectly good airplane, but that's just apparently, me. Yeah, apparently <laughs> you live around a bunch of, like, psychotic, like, <laughs> No, they all come from people. out of the country. They come from Europe, yeah. actually. A lot of them are Europeans. Yeah. Not, uh, yeah, <laughs> not my cup of tea. I don't think I would jump out of a plane, like, you know, to save my mom. Maybe, maybe <laughs> then. But, like, I have no desire to jump out of a plane. And, but doing stand-up comedy, it was so nerve-wracking. I was like, that's what I want to do. And, um, and then I would do things, too. Like, comedy store is kind of known as a place to... You know, it's a pretty dirty play. I mean, anything goes. And that's what's great right. about comics is you can say the most disgusting, ridiculous, politically incorrect thing, and right. it doesn't matter. Inside those closed doors, anything goes. And with yep. the exception of some asshole with a video camera who's leaking it to YouTube so everyone can get pissed off because some white guy said the N-word or something. Right, said, and took it out of context. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and, and granted, I mean, just shit goes down and it shouldn't go... But that's like a sacred space that should be held sacred. You can say anything you want. Um, I would go in there and try to do clean acts, like complete clean comedy without even swearing, which right. made it even harder because sure. cause I tend to swear in my natural life. And, um, and it's well, kind they of call it CP. I, you know, when you just go up and say motherfucker for the sake of saying it, um, you know, guys like Pryor were funny because he told his life story, and it, you could just tell that it, what you what you were listening to was his life. And then you got other people, comedians that I don't find it funny, who just come out and do it for a shock value because they really don't have much fun. You know, there's really not much comedy in their blood, so it's, you know, it turns almost into uh, let's just see if we can shock the people. Um, I, you know, whereas the great ones could, you know, they could still have, I mean, you know, Pryor and Red Fox and some of these guys, even George Carlin and Lenny Bruce, some of these guys had, um, were considered obscene, but when you go back and listen, you realize they were just, they were, that's why people loved them and connected so much to yeah. a lot of those guys. They were put their life, I mean, that, Pryor was the most brutally honest guy I ever heard, because everything he just, it was, that was, you know, raised in the whorehouse, scared to shit, you know, dad said, start the car, and stand in the middle of the road, <laughs> you know. I mean, it was like I, it was he, everything he talked about, and and um, so you're right. I mean, I think there's some that just come out there. I see a lot of the comedians today just come out, and it's it's shock value. It's strictly yeah, they because don't, they don't really have any material. But they, don't, yeah, those guys really don't last. I mean, there's no. really a camaraderie between comedians and um, and hacky material, and you know, just in, like nothing but dick jokes and stuff. I mean, it only right. takes you so far, and so those guys. You know, they all recognize who really got talent, and they, they kind of weed themselves out naturally. And it's kind of the same in the marketing industry too. You know, someone can come out for a little bit and put out some hypey crap, and it might get a little bit of response at first. But um, you know, there's there's ways to protect your longevity and you know your authenticity, and and it isn't completely up to you. It's like it's it's the buyers and it's the crowd and it's, they're the ones that really dictate whether or not you get another shot on stage or launching another product. So, um, yeah, so for me, it was ultimately just, I wanted to get better at speaking. I just wanted to try something new. And I looked up to all these comics and, um, I started becoming friends with, um, you know, my buddy Kyle Cease and Louie Anderson started sure. helping them out with marketing. And, what That's I what I was going to get to next. I did you you started doing some networking, and I was going to ask you about that because I could almost I could almost picture you looking around saying, "Man, this is a these guys could really do a better job of marketing themselves, you know, via social media, whatever mediums, you know, that that work best." And I wanted to get into that next. What do you, so, you, I think I read something about that that you were doing. Well, that. that's exactly what I did. So you think of L.A. Majority of people in LA are there for to get something. Most people they want a part in a movie, or they're trying yeah. to get the modeling gig, or they're trying to get some. You know, everyone's trying to get something, and like you know, and they all got a, a copy of Variety and Hollywood Reporter. The trades got to have the trades when you're down there. Right? I don't even know what that stuff means. Like, <laughs> um, 
But so I went there just with the attitude of, okay, here's a bunch of comedians that I like. How about I just give them advice freely for no other reason that I just like them. I would like to hang out in that circle, learn a few things, not even charge anybody anything, and just freely give. And by having that attitude in L.A., it was so different than majority of people and how they conduct themselves. I just got doors wide open for me. I got to meet, like, guys that I looked up to, you know, my whole life. And and it was great, man. I was like a, a kid in a candy store just shucking and jiving with all these funny guys and doing nothing but helping people out and uh, cracking jokes. So it worked great. And you're doing it without a price tag attached. I think a lot of people need to get this. When you're when you're breaking into marketing or whatever it is, um, bring something to the table. It, I mean, um, you aren't sitting there because I mean, obviously you get paid. I mean, I don't even think you're taking clients right now. But if you when you when you were taking clients on, you you got paid well to do that on your coaching, consulting, copywriting, whatever you're doing. But that's after you. I mean, you were already established. But when you first want to break into marketing or whatever, or whatever niche you're in, or in case of comedy, you can't start right up there saying, "I am," you know, "I'm," you know, coming at them like you are the second coming of prior or whoever. Um, sounds like you came in there humble and actually gave from the heart some genuine help, and people know the difference, you know. And at that point, it's it's a lot of I can't even say it. Say the fucking word for me. Reciprocation, baby. No, I can't even say it. I get reciprocity. There we go. And it sounds like you got some of that back. Yeah, man. It's no different in Hollywood or marketing than everything in life, man. It's basic yeah. ABCs that they should have yeah. taught us, like, in fifth grade, man. I mean, it's just common sense and, and not being, you know, a greedy bastard and trying to take, take, take and just realizing, you know, it's, it's a community of people. And I'll tell you what, man, it doesn't hurt to be able to know how to tell stories. And, you know, I have such a crazy, vivid, active life, you know, that I can jump in with, you know, I can jump in with Louis C.K. or even throw me prior or Carlin. I'm not afraid to, you know, right. not necessarily compete against them, but go in there and tell stories and have them dudes cracking up, knee slapping and shit, too. So, I mean, I can shoot Absolutely. the shit with the best of them. Right. No, that's cool. Um, what – this is another question I had. I want I, I to know – it's funny because I'm on Rachel Rofay's list and, Jamie, I mean, I know friends of yours as well. And it's – I, I want to know how, what – if I'm just screwed up or if uh, – I know that, like, yesterday I got something from Rachel, which she talked about her going clothes shopping, and she, she said, okay, we're going, but we're going to go for X amount of hours, and I'm not screwing around, and she picked out the stuff, and she talked about the bargain. And it, she's really, in terms of time management, that's a big thing for her, and I think detailed and organized and everything. And – I'm not that way, and I'm not. And for her, that's probably. I mean, she's successful. She she does kind of in a lot of ways does a lot of the same lifestyle you do. She travels and she does a lot of stuff. But how, how do you how do you approach it? Are you one of these guys who's got every you know my day planned out, or do you take it as it comes? Or or I mean, I I, I went through eight and a half months of cancer treatment. I didn't even know if I was going to be here. So I'm more now. Um, just kind of waking up and smelling the coffee, and I'm just trying to figure out, with you I almost get the feeling, unless I'm wrong, that you kind of just let whatever the fuck happen happen. Yeah, I, I, was talking, I was talking about it this morning with my neighbor, buddy, and, uh, like, I, I have a hard time even scheduling, even, like, this call, we scheduled it last week. Right. Um, I typically don't do these kind of things because... It no, creates I know an anxiety in me because I'm thinking all week, like, oh, shit, i got to do that show <laughs> on Monday. And it's in the back of my head, and I like to be able to freely make choices sure. for whatever's going on in that moment. And any time I make a schedule or a plan or anything, it prohibits me in a way of fully being able to be in that moment. So um, it's interesting, too, a lot of the work that I'm doing now with clients um, – you know, we have to kind of agree on a time. And it's difficult for me because I'd rather just say, hey, I'm just going to leave Skype on, catch me when I'm on. Right. Um, that that works so much better for me. But, I mean, I, I physically 
get like some sense of, of anxiety in my mind when I know I have stuff to do in the future and it takes me out of the present and staying in the now to worry about that stuff. So I'm not like Rachel. It's funny you bring that up because I actually talked to her on the phone when she was on the way to go shopping. Sorry about that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The TV no worries. So, so, so. But I think in certain aspects, though, too, I think that, uh, you know, I'm all over the board and wild like that. But you'll find, yeah. too, I'm a very punctual person. Like, you tell right. me to meet for dinner at 5, I'm there at 4.55 and ready to go. I don't – I uh, I have a hard time dealing with um, non-punctual people, which is really weird because East Coast people are fairly punctual. West Coast, it's like it's almost acceptable to flake. Like you show up fashionably late. You show up 15 minutes late in New York, and they're like ready to befriend you, and they're like, "Are you wasting my fucking time?" And yeah. then, like <laughs> in, in LA, you'd be like, "Oh, bro, it's stone, a flake," and they're like, "Oh, it's okay, man." Like. It's like okay to blow people off on the side. Well, of I see it. It's funny. I see it in Vegas when you when I when I went to one of the, a couple of the big box, you know, the big fights, the big the big mega fight. It's so funny because for the tickets you're paying, you would think logically you'd want to watch every fight, but it's not the way it works. What ends up happening is the arena is about one third filled, and then about 15 minutes before Mayweather or whoever comes out, now the beautiful people come out, start throwing to their chairs, and the place now has 19,000 people. But they do that a lot. It's real interesting to me. It's just, it's like we're not, you know, it, it's almost like it's beneath them to be there earlier or something to catch those, uh, you know, the the main eventers or the sub main eventer. What you had on your list, fighter? What the hell is that? Were you in the Fight Club or something? I saw that on your uh, little resume. Oh, that in, the, in the literal sense, or no? It was just. I think what you're referring to is like on my about me page. It's funny. Yeah. My roommate brought that up yesterday. It says like, <laughs> you know, I'm an internet marketer, philanthropist, lover, fighter. So it's kind oh, of just yeah. the yeah. The, Opposite extreme, you know. As much as, as I'm a loving person, you know, like you, you fuck with I my gotcha. circle or whatever. You mean, dude? I'll put the gloves on. But what's uh, uh, <laughs> uh? We never got into that. Um, I never really got a grasp on it. I, I think we you were. T- I actually believe you started bringing that up on my show. And again, we're going back two and a half some years ago. What what is this todayism? What what that's something that you founded. Um, is that something you're still part of, or can you... actually, dude? You keep bringing up all these things that are relevant to like literally like today and yesterday and this week. I know I'm um, psychic. I'm, I'm getting better at interviewing. So nice. Um, so todayism is a way to intentionally create an awesome day every day. So the way I kind of look at it is like everyone kind of thinks of like a bucket list. But most people don't really consider making a bucket list until they're old and then they're, you know, counting the days they got left. Yep. And so I'm saying, like, you should start your bucket list today. And a bucket list doesn't have to be, like, extravagant things like, oh, I want to go to Rome or, you know, like every time that you see anything in the daytime that you like or you might want to do or a commercial, I always like to just write that down on a bucket list and then on the other side of the bucket list, you have a calendar. And mm-hmm. so every single day, I like to do at least one thing that I can kind of write down and, and, like, somewhat brag about or, you know, say, oh, I'm happy that I did that one thing. And it doesn't have to be, you know, something that costs a lot of money or anything, but you just want to be able to look back at your calendar and say, every day, that was the thing I did. And so you look at my life, and, like, in four months, I'll do more than people do in four years. Oh, absolutely. Because I, yeah. because I set the intention to make sure that I do it. And um, so, you know, some people, you know, I don't have kids, I don't have a job, I don't have responsibilities or anything. So, mm-hmm. of course, you know, and i got a pocket full of money, so obviously I can go out and do all kinds of things. But, right. you know, for someone, I, like, I say sometimes little things as simple as, like, that you could just call your mom and tell her you love her. You right. Know, the, the the impact that would have. I did that on actually her. before the show. That's funny. We were just talking. And she, I said, "Hey, I've got to do this show. Love you. I'll call you when the show's over." Yeah. 
And um, so, and then there's other things, you know, if I look down and it's like midnight and I've not done anything but sit back and drink a six-pack and watch football all day, you know, I can always just break out 50 push-ups and then I'm off the hook. And so I always do one thing. So I'm putting together a program right now that you'll be able to see on todayism.com in the next couple of weeks. Okay. It's about, like, a, it's a 21-day little uh, course that basically shows you ways to make your day awesome, like, each day. So, you know, day, like, two or three, it might be as simple as, like, you know, picking up your gratitude journal when you first wake up in the morning. The first thing you think about you're grateful about, you write it down, and you start your day off on a good note from a grateful space, and you go about, you know, day seven uh, might be something as simple as go out and compliment somebody in the world. It could be a stranger. It could be someone you know. But just go out and give somebody a compliment. So these are these little things that take up almost no time in your day, but if you get consistent about doing these 21 things throughout your life, you're going to find yourself being extremely happy and realizing that every day, no matter how shitty your day gets, and we all have them, right. you can turn it around in a moment. And here's all these different little tools and things that you can do, and the more you consistently implement and do them, they become part of your habit and you just start becoming an overall happy person that people want to be around. Absolutely. I, I, I agree. I, I totally agree with that. Um, what, what about the – I mean, what I, always, what I always thought was cool about you is you always reminded me of the traveling gypsy. I mean, because your life experience, it's all over the place. You got the RV, which is funny because I used to sell RVs. And how, how was that experience, uh, to getting in that big sled and just driving? Well, it was super crazy because it was a 38-footer. Yeah, it's a big one. Um, and, I, you know, I had no experience driving something like that. And in the first two hours, I'm driving L.A. like Friday, like 3.30. I'm in the center lane going like Norwalk area, like real close to Compton, just ghetto L.A. Yeah. And I'm doing about 60, 65 in the middle lane, just white-knuckled, sweating, because, you know, 38 feet, man. It's like a lot of responsibility driving that thing. Yes, it is. And, and dude, boom, blow a front tire. And like, nice. the whole the whole rig pulls all the way to the left and the right. And good thing we're in L.A. where everyone drives like a maniac, but they're skilled drivers and they're used to that shit. So everyone just, you know, veers around me and stuck on the side of the road. It's like, welcome to RVing. Um, and it was a good wake-up call right away. Like, listen, you got to really, really pay attention driving that yeah. kind of rig. and. Then I just drove all around the country aimlessly, man. Was just meeting up with customers and uh, people online. And every state I went to, there was somebody that wanted to take me out to dinner. And I was just freely kind of hanging out. And one of the big takeaways that I got from it was um, was in the South, like Alabama. Well, you should have hit Vinny Land down here in Florida because I own a restaurant. You could have. You got a good fed well here. Yeah, I, I should have. We stopped around Pensacola area and turned Yeah, back. you were up north, north. I'm central. Well, tell me about the south that you liked or so, didn't so, like. So my whole life, uh, I grew up in Portland, Oregon, very liberal, you yep. know, Oh yeah. Disneyland. I live there, too. So, so I've always, not always, but I mean, I, I kind of didn't have a really good look outlook on, you know, redneck southern culture. I love mm-hmm. southern rocks, a little linen skin and stuff, but I just really didn't like, you know, Dixie flag, rebel, you know, type stuff. Yeah, so the, the, the Dale Earnhardt sticker, the pit bull, and the Confederate flag, you see that totally. a lot. And, yep. So when I went to the South, I was going there with the intention of only trying to see things that I enjoyed and liked and see the good people. And mm-hmm. regardless of things I didn't like, it was like it didn't matter. I only wanted to focus on the good. I told myself, even if I was at a Klan rally, I would be mm-hmm. like, oh, those are some amazing linens. <laughs> right. Um, so, like, and what ended up happening is I realized that um, people were so nice and the hospitality was just really amazing. And I just met these real simple people, but that it was fine to be simple. It was like just because I was my wife a certain way and want to be advanced and super smart in certain things, it doesn't mean anybody else is is less than me because of how they live their life or what I would be maybe as simple views. And then what ended up having, too, is I fell in love with country music. Really? And, and you're the oh, guitar yeah. banger, aren't you? Aren't you the head yeah, I mean, and, and, yeah. 
I, I like, you know, I, I like progressive, right. like, really advanced type, technical type music. Country music to me was just bubblegum, three-chord crap, right. or, you know, like, I would put it right Tear there. in the beer music. song type stuff, right? And so, dude, I love simplistic music. I could play a G and C chord over and over and over again all night long and find the beauty in that simplicity. So um, it was it was an interesting experience for me to to go through that. And well, um, I think it's I think it's it's a great. I think people who don't travel and it's kind of sad because I have waitresses that work here that have not been out of the county much. Less the state. I mean, I've been to Russia, and I've been. I I lived in you know Alaska for most of my life, and then Oregon and California, and I've been to most of the states except probably the Northeast. And I think it's something people you, you get a whole different perspective, and 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 a better life experience when you do get to move around because people are you know there are people are different in New York than they are in L.A. I mean, we all know the cliche, but. You should experience, you know, to actually experience it is is uh, it, it just it opens up a lot of things and a lot of um, stereotypes can get broken down as well because not everybody in New York's an asshole. I mean, maybe uh, most of them. <laughs> I don't know, but it you know, I, I I always look at the Northeast and say, man, these people love their sports. They'll come out when it's thirty below, boo Santa, but they'll sit out there like the Eagles fans and support their team and. It's just different than, like, when I was in L.A., like you said, every waitress was, you know, either, you know, looking for a part, and then everybody in the, in the sales office, at least one out of three had a script they were pitching. It's just different. And I think I think travel really does open up uh, a lot. I think it just, I think it makes your, your life more evolved. It I really, definitely I does. Think it's, yeah, no question. So there was... There was also a strategic effort in that RV that I did too, that um, was was very on purpose because when you think, I think there's two things that Americans really think about when they think about like success and retirement, and one of those is the beach. Like yep. everyone thinks, like yeah, when I retire, that's where I want to go. I want to go hang out on the beach. So. A lot of my life is spent on the beach. You see me doing videos on the beach, and and that's mostly just because I love being at the beach. But I right. also use that strategically to you know imply success and, and such. But also with the RV, what I found is I drove all around the country. I heard it hundreds and hundreds of times. People would be like, "Oh, that is my dream." That's what well, I want freedom. to do. It when really I represents freedom. It, it represents freedom, and that's kind of when I sold RVs. I sold the dream, which is basically, and it really was. They call it the RV lifestyle. You know, you're pretty much, you're not tied down to anything. And the people that were really totally. into it, they had it down, baby. I mean, they 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 lived. They were oh. happy. They were totally happy because yeah. they could go where they wanted to, go pull into the park, do what they wanted to. Um, a lot of them had RVs that were worth. I mean, you know, I sold some three hundred thousand dollar diesel pushers that just it just boggled my mind. Somebody'd pay that, um, but that was going to be their lifestyle, and and it's it, it's fascinating. I mean, it really yeah, is. Well, it, it blew people away to see a you know tattooed punk looking kid driving a two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, you don't fit the demographic. <laughs> yeah, no, I would pull in and just be like, "Do you steal your grandpa's rig here?" And um, and that's exactly what I did. Is I sold the idea of freedom, and that the inter- what the internet lifestyle could provide you would be freedom. Um, and on a subconscious level, that resonates with your list. And I want to talk about that. I don't. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you probably don't have the biggest list in the world, and you never have. Have you? I mean, I know at one point you were kicking ass, and this is something I really want you to drum home because this is a marketing show. Drum home to 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 my listeners the fact that. You can go out and media buy or whatever and get 20,000 strokes, as I call them, or opt-in buyers. Well, it's not a buyer, an opt-in. But you actually, at one point, I think, kicked ass with like 2,000 people. That And it's the same thing with me. I don't even have a list because I'm not techy enough to even keep them down on paper. But the same people that have bought from me will probably buy everything I put out. It's that loyalty that you that you have. And I know... That would you would you 
would you agree that it's better to have a hardcore list that might be smaller or a massive list of, you know, you know, basically the white pages, I guess, for um, lack of well, obviously, obviously, I'm going to go with, you know, having, right. having one that resonates with you and listens to you. But here's the main thing. You should just have a damn list. And that's one of the biggest things that stops people from doing stuff online is, is they some reason they have some mental block or something that mm-hmm. prevents them from from building a list. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was doing damage. I think my list was about 5,000, but realistically only 1,000 of them were opening the emails. And, you know, right. during some of those Frank Kern promotions, you know, I was up mm-hmm. there with, you know, the big guys with huge lists um, just because of the relationships I had with my list. Yeah, I was going to say, Frank. you did real well with mass control, and I know, and, and it was not because you had – 50,000 names. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've made hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, promoting Frank's stuff, and so um, I've been real blessed. So my list now is about 20,000, but right. Um, but realistically, I, I never, ever pay attention to that number. I pay attention to how many people actually open it, and it's fairly small because I'm talking maybe 10% because I haven't that's done gonna, anything. And that's better than a lot of people. Anything. Yeah, yeah, but it's still not that. I would the type yeah. of person I am, the connection I have, I would like to have, you know, 20, 25% of it. But I haven't done anything new in years. I haven't had a business in years. And so only as of recently, I started doing some new stuff. And what I'm finding is, especially with this empowerspot.com thing that I'm doing. But that's what no I want to talk about next because it's, okay, so, it's so the first thing. People, yeah. Go ahead. They aren't building a list, and they're having to go like, oh, yeah, well, this is easy for you because because you have a list. And I was like, well, how long are you going to keep crying about not having right. a list, or are you going to actually go to work and get one? So the beautiful thing about the empowerspot.com is, um, and it is a network marketing thing, which is so far out of my realm. People exactly. I wanted even, to bring that up first, and then I'm going to let you talk up, about it. When I yeah, first saw it, I said, wow. Network marketing, I don't have anything against the model, but I always said you live and die by the product eventually. And go ahead, I mean, talk to us because right, the fact right, that you endorse it makes me very interested in it because it so, so doesn't yeah, seem like you spent, to me. I went and spent my money on it. I looked at it for about eight weeks, and I was like, hell no, at the beginning. I was very pessimistic and prejudiced about it. But I had so many people asking about it, and saw some guys making some serious coin with it. But I was like, okay, I, I went and put my own money up for it, checked it out, and I was like, damn, this model is sick. And the reason why it's so good is, you know how everyone totes like, oh, done for you. We've done everything for you. And it's almost yeah. always bullshit. I've never yeah. seen really anything. But these guys, <laughs> they've really created almost everything for you, the funnel set up, the funnel converts. And what's beautiful about it is, is you take your AWeber opt-in form, which is your email autoresponder where you collect your emails, and you just add the little code in and where you're sending all the leads. Instead of opting into them, you're the one getting the leads. And then they do all the selling for you, and you get it. So even if you walked away and you said, you know what, this isn't for me, you right. take your leads with you. Well, and that, and I like it, that. That's one part I liked about it. This business I, is teaching you all nothing more than how to build a list and then getting out of the way and letting these guys who are experts sell it. And the great video. I mean, the video is brilliant. I mean, I mean, I will give them that. I mean, you know, it, the video will suck you in for sure. And I have been hearing about Empower Empower, um, and I actually think the first time I actually bothered to watch it was off your site on JasonMoffa.com. You had a, you had sent something out, and I had caught and actually looked at it and figured I'd talk to you first here tonight. Yeah. So, so what I've been thinking about doing too is. To, some people are just like, oh, man, this empowerspot.com, this is this pyramid, this is this MLM scam. And I was thinking about making a video of me dressed up as an Egyptian pharaoh. Right. And, like, hovering over the top of pyramids, basically, and asking people to come join my pyramid. <laughs> and, like, just getting right out. And then I was thinking about doing some other videos, too, like um, like me calling my mom and, and her saying something like, this isn't another one of those meetings where you're going to ask me to call grandma and stuff. I'd be like, no, no, I promise it's different. You know, basically. Yeah, it's not like you have with a garage full of soap or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Basically attacking, like, attacking all the cliches that people think about uh, network marketing or MLM. 
and because um, and that's not what this is. And I understand the apprehensive of MLM sure. stuff. Like, I don't want to go out and talk to people and get them to come to meetings. I don't want anything to do with that. What I want to do is take all the stuff that I know how to do on the Internet already and just drive the traffic somewhere and then right. let these guys, you know, if I'm getting like 11% of the people I bring in sign up, I don't know where that's on really good. I can yeah, I don't know on Clickbank where I can get eleven percent conversion. No. I just don't know. So no. if anybody wants to see what I'm talking about, just go to empowerspot.com and you'll see an opt in page where you have to put your email address and at first you'll be like this. You might I mean, depending on which ad I'm rotating right now, you may see a guy with his shirt off and curly hair and you're like, This guy? But watch the video. And um it's it's genius, man. These guys are stoked. You know, I think I'll do probably 20k on my first month. Um, that's that, and, that's awesome. Yeah, and then the residual income that you know that comes in, you know, once you make the sales, and uh, you know, I want to pay my rent every month for doing nothing, the stuff that work that I did last month, and um, so and for me too, I have a relationship with my list to the point like people are so tripping out that I'm doing this. But the fact that I'm the one telling them, like, well, wait, maybe I should take a look at it. I'm like, damn, well, that's I why I'm asking you to take a look at it. Because when I saw that, I said, it just didn't strike me. And speaking of the whole ghetto video, I made a lot of money because of you. Because I determined uh, that, you know, you used to refer to them as a ghetto-style video. But the truth of the matter is, um, I found that the ghetto-style videos, well, I actually use attractive girls in mind, but... There's still, you know, the camera moves a lot, um, and I do video promos for people, and we sold a ton of them. And and it, it for some reason have they work ten times better than the slick and polished computer template thing. And I don't, you know, that was something I think I got from easy video sales. It was like the 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 you know some of your videos where you just sitting there talking. I know there was a section in there with you and Frank Kern just sitting there bullshitting, and and it wasn't. A million dollar lighting system and all this, you know, the bells and whistles. And uh, so I wanted to thank you for that because I, I just drive home the fact that uh, a lot of marketers, I mean, we're in the 2.0, is is huge and, and you don't have to come with these Steven Spielberg productions. You know, you can come with some, you know, just funky, funny stuff that engages people and it works really well. Yeah, so. I, think the, I think the thing with that, though, too, is like, Maybe your productions can be a somewhat ghetto, and then things have changed even a little bit since those easy video sales days. Yeah, but I think the talent can't be ghetto. I mean, you no, can't have. You have to have a compelling message that keeps people engaged. But yeah, I just I, I know there's different schools of thought on putting out just something that's. You know, and for me, who was never a tech guy, I just I mean, people love my stuff. I mean, it was it was totally. easy to sell. Oh yeah. Um, I'd have so, you know I'd have the model talk about their business or whatever their band or whatever they wanted. I just said, and we actually custom shot them, and I'd have uh, the girl come over on Wednesday and we'd knock fifteen or twenty of them out. They were anywhere from two to three minutes, and uh, they weren't the Fiverr thing. And it was uh, yeah, it, it was awesome. Unfortunately, I got sick real soon after that, or I'd still be doing them. And we'll probably start back up again. And I ended up throwing them up on YouTube. God, we got like a million views in six months. And then somebody uh, yanked the YouTube account because there was a couple videos up there they thought were too risque. So they double flagged me in the same, they triple flagged me in the same day. But no biggie. Well, you know. I'd say the same thing about videos and even ghetto videos I did about the list. Um, you know, a ghetto, a ghetto video, or in fact, any video is better than no video. Absolutely. Just as, just as any list is better than no list. Hey, let me ask you something, because there were some people that were concerned. You look like you lost a lot of weight. Are you drinking? Is that that Mona Berry juice you drink, or are you okay, or what? I, you know, Vinny got to ask the hard questions. Are you? Because there was a picture of you, because I noticed you looked like you were a lot thinner. I remember when I yeah, had Atkins so, so and lost 30 pounds, they thought I was dying. <laughs> It's 100% New Mexico blue methamphetamines. I started watching Breaking Bad. I started watching Breaking Bad, and I was like, you mean I can just do this blue meth? And then skinny? <laughs> um, that looked like a mug it. shot. It, it, you look sad, you look skinny, and I thought, man, I hope Mo's okay. Man. I must have just... Um, 
I lost about 30 pounds, which is kind of interesting because I didn't even know that I had 30 pounds to lose. You know, I was, uh, you know, I, I got a little bit of the internet marketing belly and a, yeah. a little shove in the face, you know, from drinking a few too many brewskis. But I didn't know I had 30 extra pounds. But um, it basically was just from I do a green juice every morning, a green vegetable juice. Right, right. And then I would eat fruit during the day, and um, and I would eat, you know, pretty healthy vegan meals at night. Right. Um, but I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't be so strict at night. So as long as I would just do juice in the day, fruit, or juice in the morning, fruit in the daytime, and then do whatever you want for dinner, you're going to feel great. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's interesting. Okay, so you know you're you're not dying, and uh, that's good. Because, uh, like I said, not, I looked at that picture. Like I said, yeah, it looked like it looked like a it looked like a mug shot, and it said, "Man, this doesn't look like Mo." Uh, what what do you? What's your best advice? Uh, the, like you said, first of all, I I'm I I'm just brutally honest. I think ninety five percent of the of the, the buyers out there, and I hate to say this, but they're they're buying information. And that's how they get their skin pop, and then they, they, they're they looking for that knowledge, but they can't ever get it because in order to get it, you have to apply the information to, ter- to determine if it works or not. And instead, they go on to the next, you know, like the, what was that ClickBank product, the Russian spy who dropped the CD off or something ridiculous like that. Um, what what are the, for the for the 5% actually want to do it, you, you, you do recommend you start off, the list is paramount. I mean, if you had to give, like, a five-minute consult. Here's the bottom line. They've got to stop being fucking pussies. I mean, I don't don't mean to be a dick. No, no, I I want you to be straight. It's it's bottom line is people are chicken shit to do anything. So, um, you know, find a product or a service that you want to promote. There's a ton of them out there. You can look, look look. Here's something you do too. Look around your house and look at the shit that you use every day. You probably have an, uh, you know, an LG flat screen TV that you use every day, and you probably like it a lot. Well, you know what? You could probably go to Amazon.com and get an affiliate link, sell one of those bad boys, and make twenty six bucks on every one you sell. You could probably even make one of those ghetto videos we were just talking about. Yep. Talking about how awesome your little LG screen is and how your little daughter watches Dora the Explorer on it every morning. So I would start focusing on the products and services that you use and that you like. That you're passion-based about and have a clue about. Right. Totally. So throughout the next week, think of every product or service that you use, whether it's a blender, um, you know, some, like, back massager, or anything that you use that you like or you see someone else using that they like, and then look and see if there's an affiliate program attached to that. And most likely there is. Amazon sells just about everything nowadays. Yep, they do. And so – you can sell that as an affiliate and make a commission on that stuff too. Now that kind of implies that you gotta, you know, set up some type of website. But you know, there's sites like Weebly.com. You can set up a free one, little drag and drop. My restaurant uses Weebly because at the time I didn't know how to do WordPress. I've oh, never yeah. changed it. And it still works. We're not. I mean, we're all over the internet. So <laughs> yes, yeah, so, I mean anybody. No HTML. I, I, any, Anybody can do that, and, and yes. I know a lot of times people say that anyone can do it. They really, really can. Yeah. And um, same thing with the thing I'm doing now, EmpowerSpot.com. It's the easiest thing I've ever seen for someone to be able to just drive leads and let the pros handle the selling. Because that's the big thing too is most people they can do this. They can go get some backlinks, or they can go place an ad. Especially if we like give you the text and say, here, just say this in yeah. your ad, or put this banner up. But, right. like, when it comes to actually the words that need to come out and the, the pitch and everything, not These guys are closers. These are like the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, uh, Ricky Romo. Totally. Clo- yeah, yeah. They're, they're great, and, and, and mostly because they believe in what they're doing. They've been in the industry for so long, and they wanted to create their own thing that they can sell. And the same thing with how I sell stuff, and then, which is why I say for you to look at something in your home that you feel passionately like, look at, you know, this baby stroller, you know, mm-hmm. ba- baby Bobby loves this baby stroller, and so do you right. because, you know, I mean, there's something that you feel passionate about out there's there. There's a lot on Amazon be... happening now that I really like. Yeah, it the does Amazon not have fulfillment. To be... It's really cool. It does not have to be some ClickBank product or just a video that has no controls that you can't stop, and, you know, and it's promising you all these blind offers of how you're going to, 
have all this shit and you have no idea what's going on. You don't have to promote that stuff. Right. And I mean, that's not even a knock on some of that stuff, too, because you know what? Even even half or even the majority of all that scammy shit that you see on the Internet selling mm-hmm. these biz-off opportunities, yep. if people were to actually do the stuff that they get in the product, they would make that's, money, too. That's my point. Most people just won't, like you said, they won't do anything, and they're professional buyers. I mean, I think a lot of people, I see, I sometimes like to go to the WSO section, and I'll see the same people leaving reviews, and it's like, dude, how many fucking WSOs are you going to buy and leave great reviews for or whatever? At what point are you going to be selling one or, or selling something? You know, I tell people this. It's like they treat it, marketing so taught ass backwards. It's like they put all this emphasis on the gimmicks and the bells and whistles. And in order to make money, I hate to break it to everybody, you have to sell something. <laughs> you know, I mean, whatever it is. Yeah, so I'll be um... – I'll have a program called the True Serum. That's a 30-day program that basically focuses on just that. And on day one, we basically just go through the house and we find something. We say, I think that's going to be great. The True Serum. And you guys can go to JasonMoffa.com and it's on the title page, so you get his name spelled. I actually put a link to his About Me video, which is very cool. Selling the magic tricks. I still love that, man, because I used to do yeah. the seven golly deck myself. So we that's an inside thing, unless you're a magician. you would People aren't going to know what the hell we're talking about. But so the trick deck, but that, that's very cool. But um, you're well, going yeah, to – go on ahead. Day one of the true serum, we basically just go through your house and find something that's in the garage or something and sell it on Craigslist just to get you into the habit of selling. actually – Creating yep. an offer and selling something. That's how yep. you make money. I started making money on the Internet before I ever even had an idea of the word Internet marketing. It didn't occur to me for over a year to type in how to sell stuff on the Internet or Internet marketing. Over a year, because I was too busy driving my car down the street, pulling over at a garage sale, going, oh, man, I could flip those baseball cards on Craigslist right now. Right. And I was right. doing it hustling. And then it occurred to me many, a long time later, after I'd already made thousands of dollars on the Internet, like, oh, there's this whole thing of e-books and stuff. I didn't even know. Terry Gibbs, um, a marketer named Terry Gibbs had a great, he, he called it the clothes hamper effect. He said, go fill up a clothes hamper with shit you really don't need and throw it all on eBay. Um, and, and it was so simple, but a lot of people who did it wrote back. And I mean, they actually made money because and it was. It goes to your point that you can. And it was I the mean, first money they actually made. They made, yeah. Just fill up a clothes, take a clothes hamper, go through there, find stuff, fill the thing up, and get it listed. And I'm not sitting here saying eBay is the right way to go or the wrong way to go, but it's better. You know, there's an old line: do something even if it's wrong. You know, motion. What did our guy Gary Halbert say? Motion beats meditation, and and you know, I I think that's going to be very cool. And again, they can find all that stuff at your site. So, um, let me see what we got for. Oh, okay, we still got about two minutes. So, um, anything else? What what is? Uh, let me let me ask you this question. I asked this to Jamie Minton. It's kind of it's one of those deep questions. Doesn't have a right or wrong answer, but I'd love to hear it from you. So I'm going to fire away, and you got a minute or two to answer it, or thirty seconds or whatever. Um, I mean, your life, like I said, if people go over to JasonMoffa.com, check out the About Me. I mean, this dude actually was wired in the Internet up on a telephone pole. It's crazy shit. But here's the question. After where, where you are right now in life, what do you know for sure? Oh, man. Um, I would say the only thing I really know for sure, that love sure beats hate, man. And when you start learning to just love things around you, that you can start, like, setting these intentions and making things happen that will make everything so much more pleasant in your life, especially in Internet marketing or just marketing in general. It's easy to, to get frustrated when things don't work and then you see, uh, you know, other people having success that you may think they don't deserve or they're doing something that you don't believe in or such. And it's, I see too many people focusing on the things that they dislike instead of just it. saying, Instead of just saying, like, you know what, I really like what that guy's doing. And, and, and if you don't like what they're doing, then just ignore them. Keep your yaps shut. Yeah, focus yeah. on the things that you do like because you're going to create so many more opportunities in your life. And if, if you're focusing on the things you dislike, that's where you're going to attract more into your life. So, um, you know, 
So I love it. I got are, 30 seconds. I just wanted to say one thing. One thing I got to learn from you before I sign off, and this lady's beeping my ears. I got to work better on haters. There's a certain individual, you and I, who's busted both your balls and mine. You know who he is. And uh, I'd like to just pop him upside his head. And uh, I, I got, yeah, I got to get better at that. So I'm learning from you because you're pretty, you're, you, you let the shit roll off your shoulder a little bit better than I do. So, um, Jason, man, it has been awesome. I wish we had more time, but they, uh, I didn't want to do a two-hour show with you because I know you got shit to do. And this, it, it's, it's cool that you trust me to do the interview. I know you don't do them very often. And guys, I appreciate everybody who. Uh, tuned and I got to run. May you live to see the dawn. May all your dreams come true. And as always, may you live to see the dawn. I mean, may you live to, may you remain forever young. I'm out of time. Go to JasonMoffitt.com. Check him out. Peace, Jason. I appreciate it, bro. Take care, man.